Welcome to the Popcorn for One fortnightly podcast. Grab your popcorn and make sure you're sitting comfortably. Popcorn for One is about to review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy. It may even want to make you watch these films yourself. the 22nd of December. Welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast. Hope you've all had a fantastic two weeks and you're all safe and well and getting in the festive spirit. You know, the big day Saturday. Um, my life's been pretty busy in screens at home and just in general and a lot of stuff's going on down here. So as I said in my last podcast, this is literally going to be me telling you exactly what I've watched in the last two weeks and then talking about what will be happening on my next podcast. So I think we should leave it there, and I think I should tell you what I've seen. Right, this is what I've watched in the last two weeks. There's no big review this fortnight, um, but I might go into a few in a bit more detail. So uh, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 films to tell you about, which... That's pretty good, actually, considering how hectic everything's been recently. Quite a bit of it is Christmas films as well. <laughs> um, so I have yet to watch actual, proper, correct, original Die Hard yet. I plan on doing that on Christmas Eve once my parents leave. Um, so then Hans Gruber can fall off the Nakatomi Plaza at midnight and go into Christmas Day, which, let's be honest, in the film... That's kind of what happens. So, yeah, that will be good. Um, but I decided I still wanted to watch something festive, so I decided to watch Die Hard 2. <laughs> it's not the best Die Hard in the world. It's not the worst. We know that now. <laughs> um, it always used to be. But it's just still full of fun. And it isn't... I know I've seen it a lot of times, but it is still pretty predictable. And it is very clever but you do sit when you think oh okay oh, okay yeah yeah yeah. i always think it's really bad that the plane that they decide to crash out the sky is the one from windsor which is british and it's pat from um what's it um alan partridge that's flying the plane it's like oh, it's him. <laughs> but yeah and uh, just that fire leaping up into the plane I, I sit there every time i watch that film and as that fire leaps up, i just think oh Oh, okay. Hmm. And wonder if it's actually going to get there. And it always does. But yeah, it's pretty darn cool. It's still not the best, but it will still always have a soft place in my heart. Um, it has been a bit thin on the ground for cinema um, in the last fortnight. Um, but it di- I did get to go and see Come On, Come On, um, which is the obvious, most obvious Award so many f- season film that I've seen in ages because of who's in it and what it deals with and what's going on. So it's Joaquin Phoenix and he's going around um recording kids talk about their lives and what they think the future holds and things like that. Um, but then he has to go and look after his nephew in LA and then that's how that affects his life and what's going on with kids. And what's going on with his sister, not kid's sister, and um, Joaquin Phoenix's sister and her partner and what's going on in their lives and then how it affects his. And the thing I was most invested in in the film 
was when he was busy talking to the other kids via the interviews. And it was just like, oh, oh, I want to know more about why his job is to go around and interview everyone and all these kids and why that's the case and what study it's for. And yeah, okay, it gets his nephew to open up to him a bit more. But it was filmed in black and white. You randomly have bits of poetry and stories. Um, one about finding the star was really quite sweet. And it got to that point and I was like, oh, God, this is really, this is really deep. This is, oh, yeah, but it's made for award season. It's not made for much else, if I'm honest. If you're collecting them all, it's going to be on at least a couple of lists. Come on, come on. So I had to watch it. So that's what I did. I then got into the festive spirit again. And I watched The Snowman. I know, some of you are going to sit there and go, it's 30 minutes. It's really old. Why did you watch that? One... It's 30 minutes, it's a perfect, like, get you into it, Christmas thing before you then watch something else that's a bit more, ooh, okay, with Christmas films. Um, but one of the main reasons that I watch it for is because it's based here. Well, not quite here, literally about five miles up the road here. <laughs> so when he take when they're on that motorbike, they're busy going through all of these hills and all of these valleys, and kind of like looking at it, and like, oh, okay, yeah, and everyone else in the world looks at that and goes like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 if they wouldn't have that many hills that roll like that and go down and do this and whatever, they do, this isn't rude, there is a place uh, around the corner, again, about five, six miles away, called Devil's Dyke, and it, is absolutely perfect and it's exactly where they it's animated for where they rode that bike and you just go past and just think yeah yeah actually yeah that's correct yeah yeah yeah." and then they take off they fly over the pavilion in brighton and all over ditchling and over the west pier the west pier is still there however it's in ruins it's been on fire a couple of times and it's starting to fall into the sea. But it's still one of the greatest pictures you can take in central Brighton if you get the correct sunlight and weather on the right day. And it looks amazing. So that always, when they fly over Sussex, always makes me think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also love the fact that it's um, the alternative introduction is David Bowie and he's a kid with a scarf. I think that's always quite sweet. Especially as not many people, well, people do know this, but he is a Sussex boy initially before he then went off everywhere else. So that was always like, a, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the snowman was a nice little starter, if I'm honest. I still have Disney Plus, though, at the moment. And Disney Plus have their holiday section set up on there. And I thought, oh, okay, let's go through it and let's watch that and do this. And Home Alone was on there. And I was sitting there and I saw that that was on there. I was like... I remember as a child that I'd seen Home Alone 2, but I've never seen Home Alone. Not that I had any recollection of Home Alone 2, anyhow. But I sat around, I watched Home Alone, and I'm so sorry that I hadn't seen it before. And there weren't some very nice people in the film, if I'm honest. There were some people... That family, all of them, including the kids, were just so irritating and so arrogant. And, yeah, yeah, I... It was funny, it was clever, it was sweet. The, it took a while to get to the actual, like, breaking in and the um, traps that he laid and things like that. 
Um, how I understand the headcount and how it was easy to get back wrong because, you know, I go out with a group of 10 friends sometimes and we all leave the club and I go, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, I'm, I'm 10, let's go. <laughs> We're all here, everyone in a taxi. So I do understand that. But, you know, the fact that she just isn't even thinking about it and then sits up and goes like, ah, we forgot Kevin. <laughs> um, but it's not about Kevin and his family and that he's left alone. It's about the creepy next door neighbour next door who from the start I worked out wouldn't be creepy and would actually get his redemptions and help save the day. And it was all about that. And when he was reunited, when he was in the church looking at his granddaughter, that was sweet. And when he was reunited at the end with all of his family, that was really, really, really sweet. And I was like, oh, yay. And suddenly it was like, oh, was there another story with Kevin going on? Well, okay. I'm glad I've watched it. It was properly festive, but I've got much more Christmas favourites than I have back. Maybe if I watched it again, I might do. Maybe if I watched it when I was younger, I would have more affection and affiliation to it. But I'm glad I've seen it. I then went to the cinema for a 10 o'clock showing of West Side Story in the morning on a Saturday. Yeah. I left here at like 8.50 to go and see West Side Story um, to get there for 10. And it took 45 minutes to get into the marina because Central Brighton was an absolute farce and was horrendous. And I was just like, oh, what's going on here? What's going on there? Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, there was nowhere to park. And then got to the marina and it was me and two other group two other crack what well, two, two other groups of ladies and that was it I was like okay that's fine and it was absolutely stunning i know that west side story is basically romeo and juliet and we all know what happened but as someone that years upon years ago probably when i was like nine was showing the original west side story i was like oh, okay yeah 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 no, I really enjoyed it. You forget as well how many good songs there are in that film and that musical. It's just like, oh, oh, we'll get her into this. Oh, we'll get her into that. And it was so well cast. And the fact that when the um, Latin people spoke, it wasn't subtitled, but you could still understand what they were saying because of the passion and what was going on elsewhere. But it was like, oh, oh yes, yes, this is good. This is really good. Da, 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 da. And you just sat there and just felt, yeah, yeah, I'm here for that. I'm definitely here for that. Uh, Spielberg's knocked it out of the park. And it's just... Yeah, I don't think... I think people are saying that it's bombed at the box office, but I really don't think it should have done because it's had an epic feel to it. And everyone that has seen it has come out and said, like, if this isn't in your top ten of the year, what are you doing? I haven't yet decided on that. We will get to that in a bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah... If you want to go and see West Side Story, if you're even thinking about it, find someone that's showing it socially distance and go and see it, okay? I then watched the 2005 version of Fantastic Four, which I haven't seen in years. And who'd have thought in 2005 that little bratty kid that's running around being arrogant and being all fine and being all like, yeah, yeah, yeah would end up being one of Hollywood's leading men and we'd all sit there and cry in 2019 when he left a certain franchise. Um, yeah. It was awkward. I there were bits that were better than I remember. There were bits that were just like, oh, okay, great, great, great. The way that Ben was treated throughout was horrendous. And, uh, 
you know, some things that was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, we don't need to keep going back over that. We could have got rid of that at that point to then, you know, make that feel a bit more smoother. But it was still good. I still laughed and it was still pretty clever. And, you know, without that, we might not have got some of the MCU because then that might not have made Marvel decide, actually, people are buying into our superhero films. Should we make Iron Man? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't, da, 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 da. you know. So, cheers, Fantastic Four. I mean, we would have never found out what Chris Evans looked good in Lycra. <laughs> we would have never have got him as Captain America. <laughs> you know. And it's all about Jessica Alba, though, isn't it? It's so 100% about Jessica Alba, that film, which I could see why it was at the time, because she was the leading lady and she was blonde and all of that. And But she was, a, she was all right in it, but... It's nothing to scream from rooftops about, but looking back at it now, you do think, actually, it could have been better, but it wasn't as bad as I remember. I then was looking for something to watch. I was like, well, I should really watch something else and do this and do that. And I wrapped up Christmas presents and I was doing a few other bits. I was like, well, I could do with something festive. And then the wonderful Ali Plum put online, please, can everyone make sure you've watched Klaus by this time now? So we can have a detailed discussion about it before Christmas. And it was on my watch list. It's been on my watch list for the last two years. And I was like, you know what? You're on, Ali. I'll do it. And I was doing so well. So, so well not to fall apart. And then it got to the last scene of the film. And I completely lost it and was falling apart. And was crying my eyes. I was just like, oh, God. Uh, what's going on? Oh, no. Uh. And yeah, I sat there and cried beyond belief. And just, like, text everyone. I was like, I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> it's such a brilliant way of teaching kids how different Santa traditions happen. That's such a clever thing. And the fact that, you know, you take some things for granted, but actually you should really look at some other things in some different ways. And it just... It just works on every single level and the animation is beautiful and it's ah, oh, oh, yeah and you know what i'm gonna stop talking go and watch klaus you'll find it on netflix it's absolutely stunning and charming and wonderful and you will all love it you really really will no matter what age you are i guarantee that if you're a kid you'll laugh your head off and if you're an adult you'll think yeah it's a good film and you'll cry your eyes out at the end. Definitely. So the reason why I went to see West Side Story at 10am was because I'd left that day actually empty to go and see a film at the cinema. Because I was going to go and take my friend and her daughter to go and see Cliff of the Big Red Dog. Because I've mentioned it before on here but I'd seen the trailer for it and it looked hilarious. And I hadn't actually thought about going to see it and that it's the kind of film that you need to go with a kid to see um but because it's you know cliff and the big red dog is not made for 32 year olds it's made for five to eight year olds isn't it let's be honest um but it looked hilarious and jack whitehall was in it was like oh okay, yeah so me and my friend and her little girl were gonna go and see it and then they had a covid scare at their school and something else happened and we didn't go and then Cineworld announced that their 7.50 showing on Monday was going to be adult only because, you know, it's Jack Whitehall, it's John Cleese, it's Keenan Thompson. And you think, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, I'll go watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to see the 7.50 adult showing of Cliff and the Big Red Dog. And it was me, 
and a couple. That was it in the cinema. And for a very long time, I thought I was going to be the only person in there. And I was like, oh, this is really freaky, actually. So, yeah, I went and saw Cliff and the Big Red Dog. It was all right. Jack Whitehall's American accent was a bit, okay, at point. You know, okay, Jack. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to put on a British accent. And then put on his normal accent. He's just like, oh, oh okay, brilliant, wonderful. Yay. <laughs> Clifford was really cute. Um, the zoo thing was funny, but it was quite obvious where we were going quite early on. I know that should be the case, because it's a kids' film at the end of the day, isn't it? It should be pretty easy to see where it's going. But it was sweet. I laughed a couple of times, and I'm glad I've seen it, but I now probably won't see it again. It'll probably be one of those films, if it, you're flicking the channels and it's on ITV4 in, like, two years' time, but, like, you know what? I might stick to that. I did that recently with Secret Life of Pets, so, you know, I might do that with it. But it's nothing to be like, oh, okay. Um, but I'm glad I've seen it. So it was pretty cool. The vet bit was the best, if I'm honest. Oh, and catching people in his orbs. <laughs> um, I've been watching the Nativity film. As I said, this last time I was on it, I watched Nativity 1. Um, I've now watched Nativity 2, Danger in the Manger. Which was basically a, an adventure film for so when your kids could decide while watching it which one of the five different hobbies that the kids actually do they want to do in the next couple of years. I'm glad that it started off with the audition straight away because that was the highlight of the first film. Um, but it is a little bit over the top. Um, David Plant being two different people was pretty cool. And the whole idea of the contest for the song for Christmas was quite clever. However, that would have had to have happened in August for it to be a song for Christmas. Because it would have taken much longer than just that to get it recorded and possibly be Christmas number one. I mean, you know, we're sitting there busy thinking about, oh, my surprise entry for that baby this year in the chart again. But we all knew it was going to happen. We all knew he probably recorded it in September. And we all guessed it was going to be linked to Elton and Ed and once they announced theirs because they announced theirs really early so then they can make sure they got back to backs does that make sense um so it's clever it's sentimental um the end bit is a bit oh okay yeah fine why are we doing this what's going on there but I get it and I can understand why other people get it as well it's just it's just one of those things where as British people, you sit there and you laugh at it because some of the stuff that goes on is so British and it's mad. But um, other people in the rest of the world might be like, hang on, you do what at Christmas, you British people? What's going on? So it's not as good as the first and it's not as good as um, Nativity Rock. So I've only got one more Nativity film to go. Will I get it? I, I probably won't get it done before Christmas. Nah. Nah, I don't think I will get it done before Christmas because... I'm busy, which we'll get onto in a minute. So, next year. <laughs> we'll get Nativity 3 done next year. <laughs> or maybe not, maybe... Yeah, we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, And then, my, I was thinking of watching Love Actually, because something in my mind had triggered that, actually, I should be watching Love Actually soon. And um, I was driving home from work, and I got a picture from my sister, who's finished school, who has constantly been testing for COVID to make sure she can come and see us next week. And she is, which is brilliant. That's best news so far. Um, and she said, ah, tradition, I've been to the pub. I'm now watching Love Actually. And I was like, 
I was seriously thinking of watching Love Actually tonight as well. So she watched it at like five till seven and I watched it from eight till ten. <laughs> and there's a thing going on at the moment on Twitter where it's saying that Hugh Grant is a better prime minister than actually our current prime minister. I'm not going to say anything, but you know... You know, um, but the stories are so brilliant and it's so clever and I forgot how hot Carl is and oh, always hot. How, also, how young is Andrew Lincoln? That is quite creepy now, actually, now that you think about it with the cards and you think about how old Kira Knightley was when she filmed that. That is quite freaky. Um, and... There's not many Christmas songs that feature smooth one for Santana and Rob Thomas in it, is there? You know, if I go, man, it's a hot one, but it's in it. But it's all about Jamie and it's all about Liam Neeson and it's all about Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman. Someone said that what you need to do is watch Love Actually and then watch Die Hard straight afterwards because then it's a revenge for what he did to Emma Thompson in Love Actually, which is... The one of the saddest film scenes in all cinema of what he does to Emma Thompson and how she just stands there and her world falls apart in the bedroom and he just carries on. But the thing that always gets me is the kid running through the airport because, you know, you all want to do that to go and tell someone, actually, don't go. And you just never have guts. And it's the fact that he's not his dad and it's his stepdad and he just goes and just like, yes, kid, go, 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 go. And then he gets there and she turns around, she knows his name and it's just like, it doesn't matter anymore. She knows who you are. It's perfect. And then she comes back. It's like, oh. And then Colin Firth and the Portuguese girl. Although the one that always makes me laugh, which actually is more of a MacGuffin that just moves the plot along for, for days as to how annoying it is at Christmas, is Billy Mac <laughs> and his manager. And it's hilarious. And it's just the fact that he stands out on the British, or on CD UK, which used to be our TV show, with Ant Ordek, as he calls them. And tells the kids not to buy drugs, but to become a pop star because they give you them for free. <laughs> that so would have actually happened in the early noughties because it's so correct. Oh. <sighs> yeah. So the love actually still holds. Forget the stalkiness of Andrew Lincoln. It still really, really holds. And it's, yeah, it's bloody good. And then I was sitting there thinking, oh, I'll just put something on as background noise to... um write some reviews because I've done a bit of review writing knowing full well that even though I've got some time off coming up soon um but I'm gonna be busy at the start of the Christmas break because you know it's Christmas um and I put on film four and uh Colin Firth on the same night was walking into a Baptist church in Kingsman so my own review writing didn't go that far if I'm honest and I sat here and I watched a good hour and 20 of Kingsman yeah, it still holds it. Mark Strong's brilliant. Uh, Taron Egerton's brilliant. Samuel Jackson. Oh, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. But that whole choreography of that church murder scene is wonderful. Properly wonderful. It. Yeah, it's up there. You you see some choreographies and fights and films, and you just think, oh, okay, yeah, you just throw an arms about. But this one, <sighs> yeah. I know Kingsman isn't a quiet taste, but it's still really good. And finally, the last film that I watched this fortnight. I'm not sure why I decided to watch it. I watched Under Siege 2 Dark Territory, which 
talking about throwing arms in the air, when he has that final fight where he goes, no one beats me in the kitchen, he's literally just going, no, 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 with his arms and not actually hitting anyone. It's all about that. It is really dated. It is really sexist and it's really horrendous. But some of the stuff they actually pull off is like, oh, okay, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it was, if this was put with better actors and had a bit more at stake and had a bit more character development in it, it would be an epic film. Oh, and get rid of the sexism, obviously. Um, but for the time and the films that they were making at the time, I completely understand why this is the case with this film. Uh, so you, you shouldn't forgive it for that, but knowing the era and what this film was made for at the time, you understand it. Um, and also... I mean, what film isn't good if it had doesn't got a line, nobody beats me in the kitchen? Oh. Yeah, that's one hell of a line. And all the cooks and all of that, but yeah. No, I, I, I laughed at how bad it was, but then that made me remember, actually, there's a good bit coming up in a minute. So it had redeeming moments. That's what I've watched this fortnight. Yeah. Considering I said it's going to be a short one, that's taken 24 minutes to tell you what I've watched. Ha. Huh. Wow, yeah. So my life's been pretty busy and pretty hectic. And we've also recently had extra cases, not with me, not with my family, thank God, or whatever anyone believes in. Um, We haven't been affected yet by any extra COVID or Omicron variants. Um, We've all now been triple vaccinated. I had mine on Saturday, so that was... Very good. Um, we're all doing lateral flows and we're all going to be together at Christmas, which is brilliant. In my parents' new house, which they've just moved into, um, although when I'm recording this, they haven't yet. It's technically tomorrow, but by the time we get to that point, they'll have moved in. So I'm there for Christmas and I'm doing that. Um, but in order to make sure that I can see my sister and her husband and my parents and my grandparents and my sister's in-laws over Christmas and my friends, um, well, I would have already seen my friends by this point, um, we're all doing lateral flows and we're all making sure we're safe and we're all just doing everything within our power not to get COVID. Um, So ideally, this week, I would have talked to you about Spider-Man, No Way Home. But I cancelled my trip to go and see Spider-Man because it wasn't worth it. The cinemas aren't socially distanced unless you want to go at like three o'clock in the afternoon, which is great for the kids that are off school at the moment. That's brilliant. But someone that's got to work up till Christmas Eve who's still got a huge pile of jobs to do is just like, oh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. So I have no time to go and see Spider-Man. I'm all looking... Thursday possibly as an option before um, Christmas if there's no one in the screening like right at the end of the evening but uh, other than that it will then be after Christmas where it happens so that will be the case and also there's The Matrix and Kingsman that are coming out which I think my dad wants to see at least one of them with so hopefully if we're not back into a full lockdown for the two weeks straight after Christmas, which we're all expecting Boris to announce on Thursday, <laughs> that we're going to go back into a two-week lockdown, which probably won't work, and even though we said, actually, we should all get triple boosted and all of that, which we all now have. Well, I know me and all my friends have, because we've all 
been testing and checking we're all okay and so have my family um but yeah so i've not been to see spider-man yet i'm trying desperately not to avoid spoilers although let's be honest we'd all guessed the main ones and it's pretty obvious from what's been happening recently what people have been talking about before the film came out that the ones were we're all expecting were there so it'd be interesting to see if any other so far and we got it here two days before America, so we got it on Wednesday. So at the moment, so at the moment, I've managed to avoid any other spoilers for five days, which is pretty good. Um, whether I'll do it before I actually see the film is another thing. Um, so I'm hoping that I will go and see those films. Um, but it's more to tell you that. There will be an additional podcast. There will be an additional podcast on the 2nd of January where I will be revealing my film of the year. Yes, the golden popcorns are happening on a podcast and then will happen in a blog. Ah, yeah, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a proper light film rundown as to what was my film of the year. Who's got Unsung Hero? What got Animal of the Year? Pig did. That's a spoiler. Um, but, yeah, that's what's going to happen. We're going to do that. We're going to have an additional podcast. Yay! I know. It's going to be cool. But, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And everything else is just going to be swimmingly cool. And hopefully we'll all be COVID safe. Woohoo! <laughs> That's it for this fortnight's podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Be it today, last fortnight, or at any point over the last year. I know I ramble on sometimes and I go off on a tangent and my brain's a bit like, oh, okay, yes, you suddenly thought about this. But I really appreciate every single one of you that's bothered to even listen to like 10 seconds of it. It's it's what I love doing. I love talking and writing about films. And I get to watch some amazing stuff and then tell you all about it and then go from there. So I really do appreciate you listening. As I said, um, we will be back on the 2nd of January to hand out some awards for the Golden Popcorns. um, And probably tell you about like four films that I've watched this week um, and maybe a few next week. But we will get back to a regular, normal scheduled episode on the 12th of January after the 2nd. So that's the plan. Thank you all so much for listening. You know where to find me by now. It's popcorn underscore four underscore one on both Instagram and Twitter. And it's popcornforone.co.uk online for the actual blog. But yeah, look after yourselves. Please make sure you all stay socially distanced. Please go and get your booster jab if you've not already had it. This is a girl sitting here with a dead arm right now. And there's a fort built in my bed so I don't sleep on my bad side. But seriously, look after yourselves. If you're celebrating with people at Christmas, make sure you're safe and take your lateral flows and look after yourselves. And just give everyone a hug and just remind them that you love them because let's be honest we would not have got through this year without the people that we're probably going to spend Christmas with because they've all been our rocks 
and they're bloody fabulous, aren't they? So thank you all so much for giving up half of your half an hour of your time today to listen to this. And I will see you for the awards on the 2nd of January. Look after yourselves. Take care. Bye.